It's a new episode of Quality Check Podcast, thundering into your podcast player. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me as always across the internet, lightning in, is Drew Douglas. Oh boy. I tried to do something that's a little different. I'm feeling not too bad. My voice is okay today. I'm not dealing with allergy issues, although I will say that I don't know about where you're living, but here the allergen levels are pretty high today, especially for mold. And I suffer, really suffer from mold. So I don't know if you're doing okay in terms of the allergy world. You don't really have those problems. It was just uh, COVID that ended up kicking your butt in terms of that cough. Yeah, I mean, I think the area itself is bad, but I never usually have allergies. It's the heat though. I mean, it is like scorching hot every single day. It was turned up on its last week and it's been i want to say i'm it actually may have been over 110 with the heat index last week yeah but this weekend wasn't some too bad i want to say saturday sunday it was like um one night i think it was saturday night it was like 75 it was like the perfect weather calm went like nothing like it wasn't Super windy, so I ended up cranking out thirty miles on the bike. Mm, that's good. No, we'll get we'll get seventies at night, but it's still super humid. Well, you know, this weather has been a little bit like the uh, Marvels uh, Phase Four. It just seems like it's on fire, and there's just nothing that we can do about it. On fire, like in a bad way, though, right? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> when yeah. you say on fire, that could be like, oh, this is the the best phase so far. Um, I'm, I'm really curious. I've, I'm not heard anyone say that, but I'm especially curious to hear what your thoughts are on the brand new MCU phase four film Thor. also not only just phase four, but it's also the fourth Thor movie, the only standalone superhero film that we're getting the fourth installment from out of Marvel. So I'm really curious to hear what you've had to say, because I don't know anything of like, we really reduced on just like talking to each other after the film. You and Lexi, your wife, got to see this before I did. However, I there'd be moments where I would think about something in this movie. I'm like, I can't text you about this because I want to get like your raw reaction while we're recording. Uh, so we we have not discussed this movie at all. Usually I have, I feel like I can gauge what you're going to feel about something. And this was one that ended... And obviously I knew how I felt, but I, 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 I don't know which way you, where you're going to sit, because I think this is fairly divisive. Mm. I think there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, it's okay. And then I, I know people that don't like it. And then obviously you're going to have people that do. Yeah. And I don't know where you're going to fit. Yeah. And it is, especially considering that we are coming out of, I mean, the last one that we got was Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I actually, I know we both liked it. And for me, even though it was weaker in terms of not delivering on that promise of the multiverse and delivering on the promise of madness, we got a lot of Sam Raimi-isms. And that was enough to satisfy me. I need to rewatch that. You did, you liked that one better than I did. Yeah, and, and that's something I talked to a mutual friend of ours over the weekend who hated Doctor Strange, hated, and I'm like, okay, the and, newest one, yeah, and said uh, it felt like a B movie. I'm like, see, but I'm oh, along that's for the, the point. B. I feel, yeah, like. yeah, exactly. And I'm like, 
but I'm a lot, anytime you get, like, give me a B movie. I love B movies. That's my thing. Like, I would live in B movie schlock for the rest of my life if, because a lot of times you get some risks in those movies that you normally don't get. However, I think that Thor 11 Thunder takes a lot of risks. And I'm really curious to see kind of what you think, especially, you know, this is Taika Waititi's second Thor film that he's written and directed. I keep hearing this as like part of his trilogy, his Thor trilogy. And there hasn't been like any confirmation on that, but I could definitely see them doing that. Yeah, today he said he would be more than happy to do another one if Hemsworth is involved. Mm. And we know Hemsworth has already stated before, as long as they have him, he'll do it. Yeah. I don't see him giving up this role anytime soon. We should just immediately start with the spoiler alarm. Let's sound that. We got to so sound it. We can speak freely because at the end of this movie, to Taika's surprise, he says, he says he didn't even know this was going to be the movie. The credits roll and it says Thor will return. Mm-hmm. He didn't know about that. I'm not the least <laughs> bit surprised and I'm happy. I'm glad they didn't kill Thor off. For a second, I thought they were by just the setup of this movie and that it's Korg talking to kids and telling them about the legend of Thor and Mighty Thor. Mm-hmm. So I did. I do like that. I do think, obviously, Hemsworth will be back. Yeah. I don't think I want Taika back. He needs to go away. <laughs> For the love of God, get this guy away. It, I, I think it would work in certain circumstances, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But right now... I would like a fresh take. Well, you know, I also find that interesting. So you were talking about what Taika said. Hemsworth, and I did not know this until like maybe a week before leading up to this movie, that Hemsworth said Taika actually rejuvenated his faith and interest in Thor again with Ragnarok. Like he was starting, it was wearing thin on him, but then he actually felt like with Ragnarok, that jump-started his love for the character and to play the character. And since then he's been on board, he likes it. Um, and, and that's, and he's also at the end of his contract, this, his contract ended with this movie. So I'm curious, like, will they, they, they definitely will resign him, right? They, they have to, especially promising that Thor's going to be back. I feel like Marvel slash Disney shot themselves in the foot because Hemsworth is like, all right, let me ask for all the money in the world because I'm going to be back. <laughs> well, whatever they pay him won't be, as astronomical as what whatever they paid Robert Downey Jr., which True. was like a thousand times bigger than it, all of the other contracts combined. Yeah. And honestly, I would pay him. People like him. Yeah. Uh, and, and if he's willing to stick around, continue making these movies. I think, actually, this character might be ripe for like a Disney Plus series. Yeah. And don't you don't have to have like a massive bad guy in it. Just do a fun five-episode Thor series where he's just navigating whatever is going on in his life at that moment. Because that's kind of what these last two feel like. Yeah. And it's very interesting because going into this, I had a lot of faith in Taika. And I really expected, because Ragnarok, that was a movie that I didn't, like based on the trailers, that looks great, looks cool, looks like a lot of fun. And I walked away from that movie having a blast. And that was a movie I really appreciated. And it felt like there was a lot of structure. And I know right before we started recording, uh, we are talking about various things. And one thing you had mentioned was just this movie feeling more or less loose in terms of like 
a structure. And that's really like looking at this, it felt so much like that. But knowing that Taika said there is a four hour cut of this film because they kept improving on set. I'm like, see, that's when you can have a problem when you improv too much and it starts derailing the story, the structure, even characters. I think too much of that will end up taking away from what you've already built up, especially Thor. This is another thing. We haven't just had three movies before this. We've had what this is a 28th MCU movie now or 29th. Yeah, this is this is number 29. Okay. And and so with that being the case, we've had Thor in most of those movies, or at least mentioned in, in a good chunk of those movies. So um, so let's go ahead. I'm I'm really curious to know what are your thoughts or overall thoughts about Thor Love and Thunder? I didn't hate this movie. I didn't love this movie. I was pretty disappointed in this movie. It is exactly what I thought. It is a 90, 90% of it is gag fest. 10% is serious. And that's fun and dandy when the storyline isn't super serious. But in this case, it was hard for me to take the dramatic moments too seriously because this whole movie is not serious. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, there are things that in this movie that really work. I think the last act, the last 15 or so minutes are really well done. It has moments late in the movie where I was emotionally invested in the Jane storyline and her connection to Thor and her cancer. Um, but as a whole, didn't like this. This is low-tier Thor, possibly my least favorite Thor. Massive step down, I think, from Ragnarok which at the time felt super fresh. This doesn't feel as fresh because it's the same thing amplified by like 10. Mm. And with a serious story like Jane having cancer and becoming the mighty Thor, I don't think it works as well. I also think Christian Bale is interesting as gore. I think that story is interesting. But when you're adding that with Thor and then you have the Jane storyline, it all feels too much. There's too many big pieces moving around. Yeah. For me, maybe rewatching it, it won't be this way, but he's like barely in this movie. Well, and also they do like a 180 with his motivations that to me, I was like, oh, wait, hold, okay. So now we're shifting gears and we have him where he is truly inspired by taking out all gods. That's it. That's his motivation. That's what he's after. Love that motivation. That's it. Cool. I'm down for it. Interesting intro. Good intro. Great. I loved it. Unexpected I, intro. Very very unexpected. I dug it. And when it opened, I'm like, okay, we're going to get some cool. It's very Mad Max Fury Road-like in terms of how it began, but mainly because of the desert. And so for that, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm down for this movie's going to be great. And it's going to end up like he'll have those weird things like, that God in the very beginning where he was such a like over the top theatrical person. But if you contrast that with say Gore, who is very straightforward, he's the straight man in this uh, scenario of like a a comedic troupe where he's going to not be silly at all. Um, And we get, we'll get to that later, but then um, that in the very beginning, the first half of Gore, I dug. But then in the second half, whenever he changes and becomes motivated to get Stormbreaker because he wants to get to eternity, 
and grant his one wish i'm like okay hold on a second time out are we going with he's still po'd with the gods and he's wanting to kill them all because in reality he could stay on that path and most likely die but still he could stay on that path or are we going to have him why not just go after thor in the first place and not kill any of the gods get stormbreaker and that's his wish he wants to kill them all or like he brings back his dog. Like all of it just seemed so thrown together with gore. It was starting to irritate me because it never went back to explain the whole God thing whenever he was trying to get Stormbreaker. And then like there were so many to me, it seemed like so many half-baked ideas that they started down a path and they changed it. And then they would go back and uh, not only for gore, but it seemed like uh, a, a good example is Jane or the mighty Thor. Um, uh, I was down for that, but once again, I've got certain questions for her, for Gore, for Thor, and then, um, some of the settings, but overall, I'll just chalk it up and say that this movie, I'll probably be railing on it more than I should be. But after I've thought about it and after Spending time in my thoughts, I will say this is low-tier MCU for me. I will say that the most fun I had was Russell Crowe hamming it up as Zeus. Easily one of the most entertaining parts. And whenever he, like, flips up his, I don't even know what that was, but, like, it's like his skirt. He, like, you know, to walk down the stairs. I was actually laughing and the entire theater was like quiet. (laughs) I was was laughing because I thought just the way Russell Crowe presented himself, it was some weird theatrical take on Zeus that I was down for. And uh, that to me was like, if we got more of that, that I was okay with, but I could also see them going like Ty is like, all right, let's just improv. And they spend like three weeks improving all of those scenes. I could see that also happening. But um, overall, this was a huge step back from Thor Ragnarok because I was I really liked that movie. Like you said, it felt refreshing. This one, it did too much. Um, and one thing is, and this is where it really divided me. The humor, that, that was okay. But it just, it got me with the over-the-top, Guns and Roses, like that style metal, like the needle drops at one point, like they need to stop. This is way too much. (laughs) And then um, certain aspects I thought were cool. But I mean, if what would have made more sense is if, say, Thor got like maybe he stole uh, Star-Lord's Walkman or uh, Zune or whatever, and he was listening and he fell in love with these rock anthems and you listen to that and they work it in some way like that makes sense. I would be down for that. But once again, it seemed like they presented these ideas or they were at a drawing board, like, Oh, that's a cool idea. Let's do it. And it felt more like a sketch, like an SNL sketch that went on for two hours more than like an actual well thought out MCU movie. Now, if you were gore and your, your goal is to get to eternity to have some sort of wish granted, would it be to kill all the gods still? Or if you get to that point, why wouldn't you just bring your daughter back? Or why not have both? 
Because I thought, wouldn't he say, I want my daughter back. And in bringing her back to life, I want to slay all of the gods all in one wish. He would get both of those things. I mean, do you only get one wish, though? I honestly can't remember. See, and that's where I, I felt like he did get just one wish. Did you like what he did? He got a little, I don't he wasn't wacky. And you can tell he was having fun with it later, you know, as he becomes, I guess, more possessed or whatever um, by the necrosword or whatever he's like infected with. And he was kind of entertaining, kind of fun, but for whatever reason, he just like did not leave an impression on me. Yeah, it's, here's the thing. I wish the movie did two things or or I, I wish this movie's broken up and we got... Like Love and Thunder, we focused all on the Mighty Thor. And that was it. I wish we got that story. Because honestly, like you had mentioned, getting a a Thor series where we explore his adventures, I thought there were some good parts, like especially with Thor saying another, what was it, another um, Thor adventure or or whatever it was. That was a kind of a reoccurring gag of his adventures, which I thought was funny. There's a lot of funny things in here. There's a lot of things that fall flat. Like that, oh my goodness, yeah. So that so that gag, I liked. I was on board with. But if they focused more on the, you can have your gags, but then also let's do more with the Jane slash Mighty Thor and then look at exploring that. Because to me, it's like, you have so much there. You could spend an entire movie on that. And it, it would be more of a character study, more of a character study, not just on Jane, but on Thor and what is life and and love and loss, all of those things together. And then you can end up setting up gore. And maybe gore comes in at the end of the movie. And that's because of the loss. Gore's loss is, you know, that and whatever. And then we go into the gore storyline or vice versa. doesn't matter. But if we end up then having gore and we spend more time with him, because like you said, we really didn't get a lot of him. And then beyond that, I couldn't really pin... At the end of this movie, I could not pinpoint if I liked what Christian Bale did and if I liked Gore overall. But at the end, I was left wanting more. What's interesting is if you told me the plot in like two lines of how they introduce or, you know, you're pitching me this movie and you explain to me where Thor is at and then how we're going to introduce Jane and she becomes the mighty Thor. And then you explain how gore factors into the plot. I would say I'm all in. This sounds fantastic. Yeah. It just seems, weirdly enough, too bloated for a two-hour movie. I don't know if, if you added 30 minutes to this, if it would help that much. I do think it's just the tone of this movie is all over the place. Even when yeah. Jane is getting her chemo and she's talking with Darcy She's there's gags where she's like pumping the IV faster into her veins or whatever. Like they can't go two seconds without having some gag. Yeah. And there's already people defending this movie. Like if you like it's a Taika Waititi movie, you know what you're getting into. I understand that. But I think you can also be funny, but also do it in a way where everything in the movie still matters. And you can still have a range of emotions. And this is just like overkill. I can, the crazy thing is Taika's, he's slamming director's cuts. You know, you know, you make a four-hour movie, no one cares, it's all bad stuff. But if I were to do a director's cut of this film, 
it would probably have a few more jokes. And I'm like, how can you fit any more jokes into this thing? Yeah. It's insane. Do you, you, did you see this in a packed house? There were probably, I'd say a fifth of the theater. Yeah, I'd say a fifth of the theater was sold. So it really wasn't that busy in this showing. And did did they laugh a lot? It was weird because there were moments where they laughed, but it was all over the place. Like jokes got different responses from different parts of the theater. Like the whole Zeus thing I thought was hilarious and I was laughing. Very few people laughed at that. Some people loved Korg. I'm like, this freaking guy's got to go. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, take it easy, man. I can't stand Korg. Kill this character off. He can't go soon enough. I actually, just the thought of Korg pisses me off because really? I cannot stand him. Is it is it because he's just, again, this goes back to like something serious has happened, then you have to have a character just say something out of nowhere that's wacky. And Korg is like that character. And it's just Taika overkill. And honestly, yes. And so for that is a... Now, here's the thing. I will say, I like Korg's narration. I think that's cool. Like, that's, it kind of pulls it all really together. That's a really good beginning and end. I love that. That is good. That's solid. If we keep Korg for that, and he's the narrator, and then he could, like, mess up a few things in the narration, but don't put him part... Like, oh, my gosh. There are so many things in the story itself that it made me so mad that it, there would be like a great scene and everyone's interactions and chemistry felt fine. And like, I wanted to explore more of that. And then we had Korg in there. I'm like, good grief. This is like, they're trying to do Drax times 12. Like it was just <laughs> way too much. And I was just, that's the one thing that just sent me over the edge. Everything, like all the other humor, um, let's see here. The, I would say, especially with, J here's a, something in terms of Jane that you mentioned that IV when she's going in and getting chemo. There was a one, one part of the theater where they thought Jane's humor like that was funny, um, which they also thought like, say some of the Valkyrie stuff, they enjoyed that. There was another side that loved Korg. They were eating up Korg stuff. There was another part of the theater that was laughing at Thor, like what he was doing. Um, and that was like mostly the stuff that they would laugh at. But it was it was so weird how it was segmented in terms of getting people to laugh. So, I mean, at least that's a good thing for Taika that it had something for everyone. But it, it was so interesting. Was, I'm never, I, I don't feel like I have seen a movie like this where it got those reactions or, or different groups in the theater, a different reaction from each of those groups. So um, what was it like for you? I know you said that there were, there's like a cluster that went in and it's like Cheech and Chong <laughs> that just like sat down in front of you. Yeah, we had three guys that clearly had just smoked a ton of marijuana before <laughs> they came in the theater. And of course they had to sit in front of us. So we had to smell that. <laughs> they were relatively quiet for about 45 minutes because they had food that they were shoving down their faces. But when the food ran out, oh, man, they were they were giggling and, and um, talking. And, and that was a tad distracting. I will say them walking in moments before the movie started and, and just getting that waft of secondhand weed 
it uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, my, uh, I'm in it. I'm in it. This is going to be bad. And it took me out instantly. So oh, no. maybe I need to watch it with the non-stoners. Or maybe maybe it's better stoned watching this movie. <laughs> oh, well, you know, you would think that. But when the movie was over, one of them said that sucked. Really? They were not super into it. So that, I don't think that really helped. Interesting. I was going to say, what do you think? So we've kind of talked about gore. I was underwhelmed. Yeah. Um, sadly, yeah. Sadly. And it, I don't think it's a fault of Bale. I like what he does. I just I could have used more of it. Well, especially hearing that he did not want to do another comic book movie. And this story, script, and character is what drew him back in to a comic book movie. That blows my but mind. But again, it all, it all sounds good on paper. Even you mentioning the Korg narration at the beginning and end, you tell me that. I'm like, that's, that's perfect. It sounds fantastic. Yeah. Tessa Thompson is Valkyrie. Loved her in Ragnarok. Uh, this is what I talk about. Everything feels overcrowded. She does literally nothing in this movie. She has like two fight scenes. She gets injured and can't be in the final battle. It felt like they stuck it, stuck her in because they needed to, because she was in Ragnarok, but they didn't know what to do with her. Yeah, I would agree 100% because I loved, especially Ragnarok. We had talked about that when we uh, podcast on Ragnarok. It was, I remember Valkyrie, that was, she was one of my favorite parts not just characters, but she brought something to that movie. In this movie, it's like, there are times it's like, I mean, I didn't even realize she was there. And it's so weird. It's just the way that she was worked into the overall story. And it sucks because I love Tessa and I love Valkyrie. But in this movie, she was just done an injustice. And she's the new king of of, of New Asgard. Uh I like, I feel like the teaser, the trailer at least hinted just her sheer boredom of having just like mm-hmm. this basic, generic, you know, job. She's not out there having adventure. She's just like stuck being this politician, basically. And I feel like they don't explore that like whatsoever. That feels yeah. like a missed opportunity. And there's like glimpses of it, but just not, not great. Now, Jane Foster, Natalie Portman. I wish, like I said, I wish the story was done a little more serious. I like the story. I think Portman's pretty good. Did you like her as Thor? I almost think she's a little better as Jane because she's been Jane for a couple films now. Oh, wow. That's, it's almost like I need to see it a second time for that because I agree with you. I liked her better as Jane and like those more human elements. And I just felt like everything else we've said, we need more time to spend with her as that character to better understand, you know, what is she like? And overall, I think she looked great. Now you brought up something funny. I go, did you think she looked good? She obviously looks fantastic. We know she probably worked out super hard for this movie because her arms look amazing. She's toned jacked yeah but you were like well you only see her arms she could have just only worked those out (laughs) we would never know it's true we would never know because she's got this costume on that covers everything else up i'm assuming she's got abs for days yeah and that's so and that was one thing watching i will say uh she looks great uh, and also the costume as well but the one thing i was a little skeptical on in the trailer is that some of the CGI on Thor looked questionable, like on Hemsworth. Oh, a lot of this looks a lot and, of this looks bad. And 
in the movie, yes. Now I'm able to give it more of a pass because it was like it was thrown together in his mind, especially to replicate how Jane looked because, you know, he's trying to be the Thor, like the, he's, so he's trying to one up her. So that I'm like, all right, I, I get, but at the same time, some of the CGI was just so bad. It looks like they were just, and I'm sure they, they probably do it just on a massive green screen with basically nothing yeah. real. Cause they're wearing, they have like face masks at one point or, and it looks terrible. Yeah. And we could blame COVID. I'm sure I'm sure that's not easy on the effects guys. But at sure. the same time, maybe find a way to do it where you don't need to depend on the effects so much. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up about the effects crew because I was reading a report today. I don't know like there's not like one solid source or sources, but I was reading online where apparently those that are brought in to work on Marvel movies are starting to hate it because they're under an intense deadline um, and they're basically given an impossible task, make something look good in a short amount of time. I mean, I believe it because I feel like these movies have gradually started looking worse and worse when they should be looking better. <laughs> Do you think too, I, to bring up Jane again one more time, do you, I think one of the reasons the cancer story maybe doesn't hit as hard as I, I would have liked is we haven't seen her since she's in Endgame. Yeah. Um, like the little cameo thing, but really since the Dark World, which was a long time ago, mm -hmm. I think if we had invested more time with that character through the MCU, her getting cancer would feel a lot different than we're randomly reintroduced to her at the beginning of this movie. She's going in for treatment. And we're just suddenly like, oh, she's got cancer. Yeah, no, I agree because that's just with that. It, it seemed so incredibly rushed. And I mean, I guess the way that they did it was fine in terms of they made it work, but it could have been better um, for that. It could. I feel like we could have felt so much more. And I've got one major question. This has been bothering me for a really long time. And I don't fully understand how she was able to weaponize basically Mjolnir, Mjolnir and bring it back from being crumbled up. Like, what was it? What what happened exactly to cause her not only to uh, wield the hammer, but also turn into mighty Thor? Like, I don't fully understand that. I don't think the movie did a great job explaining that rather than like, oh, she's Mighty Thor and she now has the hammer. I mean, I dig that. That's one of my favorite parts of she's at this point where she doesn't know she's fighting this cancer. And she says that she feels she said Mjolnir like called out to her. And then we see later in the film, we learn that while her and Thor were together, Hemsworth cast the spell on Mjolnir to always protect her. So when she goes to, you know, when she goes to the hammer, that's what happens. It it protects her by giving her, you know, the power of uh, the gods, essentially. I Like that was, especially in the montage and Thor doing that, like, you know, protecting her, I got, but I just, that for me was very underwhelming. I felt like they could have done a much better job of, because when it happened, I'm like, okay, 
but I still have questions and I'm also, I'm just left perhaps wanting more out of that because it seemed to be so rushed. Mm, interesting. I, I really like that. It's one of my favorite things in the movie of just explaining and, how she's able to do it. And may, maybe it's also, we get everything happening, not only with that, but also the cancer storyline and um, just like that point in the movie seemed to be moving at such a fast pace and it kind of slows down to have several gags <laughs> and it moves fast during other moments we, where it's like we got to have we, time for the gags yeah it's like we got to make more time for that than the actual like deep stuff but now did you notice in ragnarok where hella you know shatters Mjolnir, where it mm -hmm. falls uh you know people can't just pick those pieces up because it's you have to be worthy so where the, the hammer lies in New Asgard or wherever she goes to get it, that's the same spot it originally fell. It looks like they just basically oh. built around it and put the uh, the dome over put it. Put a dome. I thought yeah. that was interesting because in the background is the rock where uh, Loki and Thor with uh, with uh, Odin when he dies in Ragnarok. No, that was a cool touch. I, I really like that too. Um, now, speaking of, since we're talking about the weapons... What do you think about this really weird love triangle between Mjolnir and <laughs> Stormbreaker and Thor? I thought it was funny. It's it's a good, I think, reoccurring gag. It was. I felt like it was okay the first time, and then the second time, like okay, and then the third time, like oh my goodness, just, this is happening way too much. Just beating you over the head with the same joke. Yeah, and then like the one thing I thought was okay, but I heard some people groan audibly whenever he was pouring the beer over Stormbreaker. I, and then he was I, like tickling. That's he <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so weird. I guarantee it you that's just dumb, something but... stupid. They came up with in the moment. <laughs> but yeah, I, that, that aspect was so strange and, I liked it, but it was kind of low on my likes. Now, according to Wikipedia, and tell me if you think this is true, Taika Waititi, here's a quote. He said he wanted to ante up and make the film as if, quote, 10-year-olds told us what should be <laughs> in a movie, and we said yes to every single thing. Wow. I mean, yeah, pretty much, but I don't know if that's upping the ante in terms of, like, making it better. But, yeah, it definitely seems like they were approached by a group of kids like, hey, do this, do this, do this. And I'm like, sure, yeah, why not? Let's go. Okay. He said, he said, so he wanted the sequel to be, quote, so over the top now in the very, it's so over the top now in the very best way when he was asked about the script. And he wanted to make Ragnarok look like a, quote, run of the mill, very safe film. I don't know if this is that different than Ragnarok. It's got a no. few racier moments. We see Naked Thor looked great. Looked fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was, bot, that, you, can't, you that, can't beat that bot. That made me feel both uh, elated in terms of like, man, good for Chris. But then also like really upset with myself because yeah. I was chowing down on a big tub of popcorn at the time. You're just like, why can't I do that? And then, <laughs> um, I mean, there's jokes about, there's like three or four jokes uh, that Zeus mentions about the orgy. Yeah. I'm like, do we need an, uh, an orgy joke in the MCU? Especially imagine uh, being a parent. And then, <laughs> you're like, what's an orgy? Well, I got to explain this to my kid. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it all fits, I guess, the culture of that whole thing. 
Sure. You know, uh, it, it's funny, I guess. And I do like Zeus being like, you know, you're you're uninvited to the orgy. But it, in some ways, and I, I'm trying not to be a prude here, but it almost seems, uh, I don't want to say inappropriate, but it's like, do we do we really need that? There were a lot of just moments like what you said, that Taika and the team, they went over the top. And it's interesting because my girlfriend had mentioned that when it ended, the first words out of one of her friends uh, who she went to see this movie with, one of the, the first words out of his mouth is, so this is a satire of Thor. And it's interesting to look at it that way because I wouldn't call it a satire, but it makes me wonder, should they have, if they were trying to go in this direction, shouldn't they have tried to make it a complete satire? Like imagine a Mel Brooks style satire. God, but why? Why are we doing that? Do that's a really, great question. Is that really the Thor that we want? Yeah, true. I mean, that's that's where, especially, here's the other thing. And I'm going back, I'm drawing back to the very beginning of this movie when we get Guardians of the Galaxy and they're only in it for like, you know, three minutes. Oh my gosh, I completely forgot they're even in this movie. Yeah, and like the thing is, with that, you're talking about, is that the Thor that we want? I was really hoping that, not just with Thor, maybe this is starting to show more of what we'll end up getting. But out of the MCU, we see kind of some team-ups where there's more collaboration going on between team members because we've seen th seen them in their individual movies. We've seen them in bigger team-ups like in the Avengers, whether it's the first Avengers or it's Endgame. Nonetheless, it would be cool to see more of that interaction. That doesn't have to be the entire movie, but if we get more of that, I thought, okay, great. And then on top of that, it seems like they're dropping the ball in terms of progressing the stories, not just Thor's story, but all of the stories forward from what we've already received. One big complaint that I have about Doctor Strange and the multiverse madness is that they didn't really progress the whole Wanda slash Scarlet Witch story. I mean, we it, it seemed like it blazed through what was set up in WandaVision a ton. Same way with this. It, we just blazed through the whole as guardians of the galaxy type storyline that we were expecting to get. The well, what about seeing more of him teaming up with Star Lord and company? Like we just go through that as if it's an afterthought and we're left. A montage. Yeah. Which I, I kind of like. I think I could take the tone of this movie better if it was the as guardians of the galaxy. And that's just the movie. We're just getting like this silly action movie. Yeah. Because I do. I do like the interactions with Star-Lord and his just him watching Thor and being annoyed by Thor. I think that all kind of plays <laughs> yeah. pretty well. But yeah, it's, it's gone in a flash. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily, necessarily memorable, but thinking back on some of the little gags they had, it is funny. There are funny moments. Yeah, I would say. And like... With that, too, I think some of it plays better with the Guardians of the Galaxy crew. But then again, is it Thor just upping the ante on Drax's antics? Because that's kind of what it seems, you know? I mean, I think the Guardians movies are silly in a way that's similar to this. But there's still some pretty, I would say, dramatic or serious moments that work better. Oh, yeah. One of my big complaints about Peacemaker on HBO Max is that James Gunn clearly has free reign to do whatever, and I think that hurts him. 
I think within the confines of the MCU, that actually a structure of what you can and can't say or you can and can't do that actually helps James Gunn become more creative. And I think that makes those two movies work a lot better than something like this, which feels like Taika has been given free reign and he he needs to be, I think, restricted a little bit. And I it, it I think it'll be interesting to see where the next Thor film goes. One, because we set up him essentially having a daughter, which I love. I love the ending of this of it's the next chapter in this person's life and where did this it's a unique team up and it's where do we go from here because this one is a love story as silly as it is um i'll be interested to see where the next one goes because this made 144 million dollars this weekend i know reactions are mixed i don't think this does uh what comes i don't even know what comes out this weekend Really nothing. Pause, is it pause of fury? I don't know how yeah, well that's going to do. We've got that and uh, where the crawdad crawdad sing. And then and like those aren't going to be blockbusters. So yeah. this will probably be number one. But I, I think it's going to take a huge hit. And I don't mm-hmm. know if this is going to do as well as Ragnarok, which made pretty solid amount of money. So I don't know if you do this kind of movie again. Yeah. Or if you find a nice balance between... Not that the first two are super dark, but they are definitely done in a serious way. Yeah. Maybe you find a better balance. Maybe someone else steps in. And you kind of keep some of the humor, but you try to make a more serious Thor film. I don't think they're going to do that, I guess, because him and a kid sounds like um, a buddy cop film, but you're, you're flipping it a little bit with who the partners are. Right. Uh, so I guess I'm not expecting a massive twist, but I don't. I wonder if the box office will hurt the direction that this takes in terms of the tone and some of the stuff that's in the movie. Yeah. You know, if they did take the approach of that is like his real life daughter to teaming up with him in the next Thor, that would be a lot of fun. And if you end up having those sillier gags, it's almost more passable whenever they are that way. You know, with like the Korg stuff and and other very childish type humor um, that we see in this movie. But if you were to apply that to the next film and that would be like the team up, like you said, the buddy cop comedy, that'd be cool. That And I could see that type of film doing really well. But I also think that would be something that we really haven't received yet in the MCU. That's different. That really is and as as far as i'm aware we haven't received in the comics of thor like thor's never had a daughter like this or adopt a daughter so it'd be i would be very curious to see where they would take this story and thor next and then i will say the ending of this whenever it's revealed and that's thor or that's love or they're known as love and thunder or whatever like that ending great and i love the I didn't even know her name was Love till the end of the movie. Yeah, exactly. And I I love the idea of like the last 10 minutes or whatever of the film seeing Thor's interaction with the girl, his daughter. That was a lot of fun. And I'm like, I would pay to see, even though we've got the Regal Pass and technically he's paying for the subscription, but I would use my Regal Pass to see that movie 
probably a second time just because to me that seems like a, a fun and funny movie. It's a good setup. It's an interesting yeah. direction too for the character, which every single one of these movies has this character, Thor, basically trying to figure out who he is. And I'm uh, watching this, yeah. I'm like, why are we still doing this at movie number four? Shouldn't he yeah. be, shouldn't he have himself a little more established? Now, yay or nay, near the end of this film, we have one of the big plot threads is that Gore's kidnapped all these kids. Yeah. And then uh, Thor goes and rescues them and then gives them the power to fight Gore's creatures. Did you like that? <laughs> or did it seem like one of those things like, hey, we're going to find a way to just get kids involved so we can sell toys somehow? Did not. Uh, uh, that's, a, that's another massive complaint I've got. Like, when did this become a power of Thor's where he could pass off his the mighty Thor power to anyone who's worthy enough? When yeah. did that like couldn't he have done that in Endgame? And that's what Just I did it to every single person. I know. And there's and yeah. that's one of the I was thinking about the action in this movie and how I I guess uninterested I was in the fighting. Like it's just so unmemorable. It doesn't matter. Yes. I think the more powerful characters get, the least interesting it is because like I had this complaint with Doctor Strange in in the multiverse of madness or no way home. He's doing things to fit the plot, not not necessarily because he can. You know what? Yeah. If that makes any sense of, uh, well, it's like, a, why didn't you do that earlier in the movie and it would have stopped all this from happening? I just, yeah. it's all a bunch of poppycock as far as I'm concerned. And as <laughs> powerful as Thor is, he can take all the hits in the world and basically not die. Uh, so it's just so uninteresting. And that's where at the very end when that happened, it's not that I was like done, but I'm like, okay, they've, they've really pushed the envelope, but now this is like going into a territory that's inexcusable. The kid thing, the kids thing is dumb. It just seems like something you would put in a film to get kids to go see it. Yeah. It's out of and left field because I just, I, I was left confused yet again, thinking, huh? Well, you know, that's definitely a first, but... And you know it's a way to to just establish more gags. It's like we got laser beams coming out of a teddy bear's eye, eyes or whatever, and it feels like the boys with the baby, laser beams out of the baby's eyes. Uh, it's just all set up for more jokes, which is just infuriating. I should have gone into this movie, and I did go into this movie expecting it to be not super serious and... Uh, that's what it is. I should have expected. I don't know why I'm so frustrated by that because that's what it is. If you go into that knowing that, uh, you should maybe walk away more satisfied. I do think, I say this every single time, I think this will be better the second time around. It may not rise to the th top of my Thor list, but uh, I think I'm going to like and it better. I know after watching this, because I've thought a lot about this, and the more time I had to think about it, the I, my like and interest in the movie kept getting chiseled away, but I still like I enjoyed the movie. I laughed. I had moments of where I was like it, it came. It kept me entertained, but I kept thinking about it. And then I text you, "Have you thought about the movie any after seeing it?" And you're like, "No, <laughs> yeah, I haven't." And I do, I do sadly feel, and this this has hit me. I think later than some other people. 
but there is an MCU fatigue. We got shows on nonstop. The movies come out every four months, and I, you know, it's just like you you know exactly what you're getting into, and that's uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just feeling fatigued. I after this, I'm not feeling fatigued yet, and even going into this, I would say I had pretty high expectations. But I also went in expecting that, all right, this is probably going to be a gag a second. And because of that, I think it leveled my expectations a little bit. It grounded it. But I didn't, with this, you know, when I walked out originally, I'm like, I, I like that. It was, I, I still felt like it was medium to low tier. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, nah, it's, that's pretty low tier MCU. And I just wanted to enjoy this movie a lot more, mainly since Ragnarok came out of nowhere. To me, it felt like it came out of nowhere and surprised the heck out of me in terms of the characters, the developments, and also like setting certain things up that it was rushed in this film. And I think if, like you said, even if we added 30 minutes, I don't think it would help this movie. Instead, I was left thinking, what if we actually got, like what you suggested at the beginning of this podcast, what if we got a Thor Disney Plus show? Now, I would love to rewatch this and just count how many jokes there are. <laughs> Whether they're funny or not, it doesn't matter. Just count. Because like, there's got to be like a thousand. Jeez, yeah. Now, phase four, I think phase four, we've talked about this. It feels... I'm disappointed in this phase because it feels like we're... I don't know where we're headed. There's obviously yeah. clues throughout about... I just... Remember, we used to get end credit scenes where it would establish something big on the horizon. I feel like we haven't had a good end credit scene in a long time. Both of these are just like whatever. I guess the Valhalla yeah. thing is a good closer, closure for the Jane storyline. I was surprised they killed her. It seemed ballsy in maybe a bad way that we're given this female character this badass title of being mighty thor and then we kill her off in one movie yeah that seems like a missed opportunity though maybe natalie portman is just like this would be fun i don't think i want to continue doing this for five films yeah which i totally get that felt like a missed opportunity and one i wasn't huge on but i do like the the, the payoff with introducing a child and when she passed away it was emotional emotional i felt I felt something, which is good. But this phase, I mean, it's not been great. I feel like we need, we have one, two, three, four, five, I guess five more movies in this phase. I'm hoping by Ant-Man. I think Ant-Man will establish really where this is going. Yeah. The next big, the next big bag, which we kind of have, I guess, gotten a big hint with Loki. Yeah. Um. But Phase 4 so far, Black Widow, I liked. I think I liked that more than some people. It seemed to be kind of a mixed one, but I liked that one. It was fun because it was an, an espionage thriller, and it felt... And David Harbour. Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. Villain, just okay. I was a little disappointed with Taskmaster, but it was kind and of cool. we got Florence Shang Pew. Shang-Chi, and we got Florence Pew Pew. Shang-Chi, I liked. I've seen that a couple times. I liked that one a lot. Uh, Eternals was next. Didn't like it the first time. Rewatched it. Liked it quite a bit more. And it climbed up my MCU rankings huh. list. It climbed. <laughs> the next one, Spider-Man No Way Home. 
loved it the first time because my crowd and your crowd yeah. went absolutely insane at every single thing that they did. We watched <laughs> yes. it. One of I that's low tier MCU for me at this point. Not great. I don't not great. Just okay. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I've only seen it one time and I was fairly mixed. I liked it more than I didn't. Uh, and then we have Thor, which again, I liked it but was mixed. So I don't know. I I feel like we have some winners. We don't have anything great. Yeah. Um, we have some, um, I don't want to say duds, but like low-tier MCU, which when the next movie's movie 30, that's kind of a bad sign. Yeah. When it's when we got 30 movies to choose from, and this is pretty low on the totem pole. Um, Black Panther I'm interested in because I want to see how they handle Bozeman's death. Right. And Coogler's doing it, and I like a lot of the cast from the, the original. I'm interested in that one. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, super stoked for that because Jonathan Majors is in it. I believe that's going to set up the next big bad, and I like the Ant-Man movies, at least the first one quite a bit. Guardians 3 next year as well, I'm super stoked for that. Um, the Marvels, not interested really whatsoever in that, <laughs> which <laughs> is just like whatever, you know, I'm going to see it, but I... Was underwhelmed with Captain Marvel. I've seen it a few times and I like it. It's just low tier yeah. MCU. And then I guess the Fantastic Four is considered part of Phase Four, which huh. who knows what they're gonna do with that. I want those characters in the MCU. I'm excited to see who they cast. If they go a different direction than John Krasinski, if they keep him, I'm all for it. But those are huge pieces for Marvel, and I'm excited for that addition. So maybe maybe we'll get some clarity either with Black Panther or Ant-Man, but, I mean, they got to do something because I feel like they're just spinning their wheels at this point. Now, do you like the idea of telling more individual stories like this or having a common thread that connects them all? I think you can do individual and still set up a big, a big bag. Yeah. I, I have a friend who was irritated by the Thanos taking so long because it just felt like every movie was a setup. <laughs> and I understand that to a degree, but I like that. I like that you're building towards a big event. Yeah. This, so far, has not felt that way in any way. I feel like the multiverse has been um, a disappointment. I feel like there's so much you could do with that. There's so many ways to open up stories and new universes, obviously, and characters. And I feel like they haven't taken advantage of that. Yeah. I feel like Doctor Strange really dropped the ball on that. So, yeah, I'm okay. I feel like you can do both. Why can't you do both? Why can't you tell an individual story or introduce someone new and then also establish something that's on the horizon and how all these characters are going to have to unite to stop that? So, I don't mean, I don't know. I do, I, I'm still excited for three of the four movies upcoming if you're not counting Fantastic Four. And then obviously we know we're getting like X-Men at some point. I'm excited yeah. for that. Uh, whenever that's going to be. So I I don't want to say I'm fatigued, but when the movies aren't great and they're just, we're getting into t- the territory where I feel like a lot of these are just average. And that's a feeling that I haven't felt so far with the MCU in the bulk of like phase one through three. Yeah. 
I agree with that because it's not like I've disliked any of the movies we've received in phase four, even Eternals, which is what you would say the most divisive of all of the MCU movies released to date. Um, but yeah, even I mean, is that the most? Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a lot of people really just don't like that. But right. I, I do think there's a the rewatch kind of opened my eyes. I was like, I love a lot of these characters. There, the thing is with that, I enjoyed and appreciated trying to go in some different direction to try something different. Um, mm-hmm. You just, know what I like about that one too? Rewatching it. What's that? And this is a complaint we had with Love and Thunder. It all feels so fake. It feels like mm. it's done entirely on a green screen. There's so much in Eternals, and Feige praised this, and I kind of dismissed it as just being stupid. <laughs> but he's like, they use actual locations to shoot yeah. a lot of this stuff, and it shows. It You can, you can complain about some of the graphics or whatever, but location-wise, it looks good because they actually found a place to go and film. With the locations. and that In that case, that's one thing that I did really enjoy and appreciate about it. And even that movie... For me, it was okay. Like I didn't dislike. I've never disliked an MCU movie, but I, um, like you said, that's the best way to describe this phase. Is it all just seems average to me? Whenever it was hitting on such a high for so long, and now we're getting what we're getting, it does feel like a disappointment because you've expected. My expectation is now kind of a peak expectation in terms of what we've received before now. But outside of this, I'm still excited for the stories that we're getting. The one thing, my number one critique is that it's not about like finding the common thread to connect it all. Because like you said, I agree. You can find a way to connect them, but also have individual stories. It's not using what we've had in the past to build upon that. Like, you know, what did we do to build upon, as I mentioned earlier, Wanda and from WandaVision and then building on uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy and spending time with them. And like we get some of that and it's quick and maybe that was enough, but there just seems like some it's higher stakes and others it's lower stakes in terms of building on that. But it's like they're putting in the work. It's almost like they're just they're they're not communicating or not trying to share that uh what we've already seen in the past but i am still very excited and especially now that black panther we're finally getting black panther 2 kind of forever that i'm i'm really excited because we haven't seen i have not seen any images um we still have not received a trailer for that when do you expect us to get a teaser for Wakanda forever. I would say September. They usually do about three months out. Yeah. Now stuff is starting to leak in terms of, I don't know if it's toys or images on toys. So stuff is kind of coming out and confirming some characters that are in it and not in it. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm super interested in just wh- what they do. Because that movie in a lot of ways has seemed cursed. Yeah. Whether it's Bozeman passing away or Letitia getting injured, seem I guess she got injured and they had to shut down production mm-hmm. or do other things. It just seems like that movie is the the flash of the MCU. <laughs> or just 
everything that can go wrong is going wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it'll turn out okay. That was a movie, too. The third act of that is just CG heavy, and it just doesn't look good. And I'm, I'm hoping we get something maybe a little more grounded. Mm-hmm. I got a question about Phase 4. Is this your least favorite Phase 4 movie? Ooh. Or is it Eternals? Because I'm going to say this is so far as my least favorite. That's a really good question because bef- leading up, like out of the theater, I didn't think so. But it was even more than Eternals. I was just with this movie like, okay, that happened. That was, I don't know if I've had a feeling like that out of an, an MCU movie yet. Like the ending, if it were not for as much as I crapped on Korg and with the narration, I, I really dug that, especially the ending. And then, you know, the and they go by Love and Thunder. That really brought it home. If it were not for that, I would say 100%. I would have walked out of this and said, yeah, it's my least favorite of not just this phase, but maybe of the entire MCU. Um, oh my gosh, there's no way this is like worse than like Iron Man 2. And I don't yeah. even hate Iron Man 2. Yeah. But. And and that's how I feel too. Yeah, th- I'm not, I'd have to do a rewatch, but I'm not saying that now either, that this is my least favorite of the MCU. It's definitely a low tier, but um, I still, yeah, I still think this is better than Iron Man 2. However, uh, I you know, I'd probably say this is my least favorite of this current phase. Yeah. Now, Thor films, this is numero four. Is this the uh, the your least favorite? Because again, I would say this is the worst one so far. I've been thinking a lot about that, and over, and it's not just the worst Thor film, but the my least favorite of any of the Marvel, the, any MCU movie with Thor in it. This is my least favorite, unless he like shows up as a quick cameo, and that's it. But you know, counting Endgame, Infinity War, all that. Um, I would say this is my least favorite. I mean, I think he's only been in the Avengers and his solos, so. Yeah. Now, I'm, I may like this a little bit more than Ultron. I was going to say Ultron, uh, yes. But that's a movie, too, that I feel like a lot of the good Thor stuff was cut from that. Yeah. For various reasons. Right. Interesting. So this, we can kind of segue into the Rotten Tomatoes game. Which not a good start. We've for me. Uh, we've started. This runs from July to December. I won the first half of 2022, so we're starting from scratch. And this is the first movie in July that we guessed. I said 86 percent. You said 90 percent. Which both of us look like dumbasses because 330 <laughs> reviews on Rotten Tomatoes sits at 67 percent. Jeez. The lowest Thor film is 66, and that's The Dark World. So this is almost the worst reviewed one. Yeah. Uh, audience score, which I kind of pay attention to. 5,000 plus verified reviews. 81%. So that's that's not good. That's pretty low. It is. Uh, but back to the game. You, There's no way you can win this. You, you said 90 so I've already I'm already at one point on the Rotten Tomatoes game. We, Terrible we, start. Well, both of us look seriously like idiots, but I just happen to be a slightly less idiot. <laughs> and then we have Pause of Fury this weekend. Can't which, wait. Reviews are already out there at like twelve. Right no, now. they're not. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to win that one. 
Um, let's see if there's any Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. Which Earlier, looks, whenever I checked, I couldn't find any. It's a kid's movie, but I, I can still say that it looks terrible. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of promotions for it. Uh, yeah, no reviews yet, which is... It's a Monday right now. May or may not be a bad sign because that's still a little early. But I said 57. You said 55. And then the other new one this week, and I don't think it's this week, Where the Crawdads Sing. Yeah. It comes and now they out. Have... You're right. It comes it's... out July 15th, and no mm-hmm. reviews yet for that one. Um, when we both guessed very close on that one, I said 77. You said 70. I've got I I at least this is my optimism speaking, but I'm I'm thinking that's going to be uh, poorly reviewed. Oh, you said seventy though. It's not poorly reviewed. Well, I think it's going to be lower than that, much lower. At yeah, least I need I, it to be. <laughs> you, you need some help. And then the other one coming out this weekend, limited, uh, the Gray Man, starring um, Mr. Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans, who I miss as Captain America. Bring him back somehow. And Ana de Armas. No reviews yet for that one, though that did screen. And from some headlines I've seen, seems to be enjoyable and fun. So we'll see who wins that one. I said 74. You said 72. Which, which is, I think it's going to fall around the 70s. I st- no matter, yeah. even if people are mostly enjoying it, I, I still think that falls in that. What? You know, whenever Thor, Love and Thunder, we first started getting the reactions, I thought it was going to be very high because people were coming out of it saying, oh, I had so much fun. It was great. Da, 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 da. So some of the same stuff that we saw with Thor, Love and Thunder, we're seeing with Gray Man. I mean, granted, very different movie, but the anticipation level, I think, is you could say is much higher, was much higher for Thor than it is for the Gray Man. But there's a lot of, Excitement for the Russos. I'm seeing, I was seeing tweets on Love and Thunder when that initially broke, and they're like, this is the most emotional MCU movie. And I'm like, what What were you guys on when you saw it? What movie did you watch? Because <laughs> it's not. It's not. No, not at all. Um, which, again, truly sucks. But, hey, good start to the Rotten Tomatoes game. Yeah, that's, uh, hopefully it's not a sign of the times to come, because if so, I've, uh, I've really backed myself into a corner just like the first half of this year. Now, what stinks is, so this was, we don't have, we have five minutes left that we can record. This was the last big movie, like the last big blockbuster to come out, like a hundred plus opening. Because Nope will do well, but it's not going to do that. So we're really done with the summer movie season. This whole season outside of Maverick, which was, I told you at the time, that's we've already hit the peak. There's nothing that can yeah. top this, and nothing has. It's been disappointment after disappointment, except for Elvis, which I did like a lot. Though I haven't thought about it much. I think it's got good performances, and in, in some of the, the montages and the musical moments, I think, elevate that um, to make it better than it really is. It's, just, it's, it's good. But mm-hmm. like the, the black phone, I didn't care for. Uh, what else have we had? It's just been like a really crappy movie season. Yeah, and it's been very, um, as as I said earlier, lack, lackluster blockbusters. Mm. Um, Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, not great. I didn't see Lightyear, um, but it seems pretty mixed. Yeah, that was just it was that was just okay. It wasn't anything fantastic, and 
I don't get the hate and all that stuff. It just seems like a lot of people complain and complain um, for some of that stuff. But like, yeah, it was just, it was like, mm, I still think that there could have been a much better story there. Um, I mean, we it's have really, oh, sorry. I was going to say it's really bad whenever Top Gun Maverick is uh, the best, not saying anything bad about Top Gun Maverick, but the second most uh, liked movie of the summer is Minions to the Rise of Gru. <laughs> I don't know how accurate that would be, but it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> because we got flocks of teenagers dressing up in suits and going and seeing that. Oh yeah. Uh, but we have so we have two movies basically <laughs> to save the summer movie season. I guess you can count the Gray Man because that's streaming, but that's streaming, so it's a little different. But we have Nope, which we obviously have high hopes for. Bullet Train looks like a lot of fun, and then we just like it's just like a wet fart basically until October. Salem's Lot just announced today. It got bumped so to April sad. 2023, which truly blows. What's the next big movie? Halloween ends in October? Like, is that the next big thing post-Bullet Train? So strange, yeah, because I would say Bullet... I mean, nope, Bullet Train. And then outside of that, like September, I feel like we have heard of movies coming out in September, but I just can't think of anything that's going to be, like, big. It's going to suck. And I, I do... There was no reason for why Salem's Lot got bumped. I, I think it might be a special effects thing, as you mentioned when we talked yeah. about it. Or it could just be that it's not turning out well, which wouldn't surprise me at this point anyway. But it it seems strange that the article I read said there's concern about a lack of big movies until basically the holiday season, November, December. And then they're pulling something that probably could do pretty well in... Uh, from the September slot and moving it to April. I don't I don't understand that. So it makes me think it's a movie issue. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, that that really sucks. I was really looking forward to that. And I don't know, man. Disappointing. I feel like we had high hopes going into this summer movie season. We had a lot of great things on the list, and it's just turned into diarrhea. I will say for the lackluster movies that we've received we've received some pretty good streaming stuff. One being that Thor came out the same weekend as we got the boys season three finale and that delivered. And strange. That things. was good. No, the boys and stranger been, things. Yeah. The boys has been top notch. Stranger things. We'll talk about this probably next week. Cause there's, we're not, we're not going to watch pause of fury and talk about that, <laughs> but we have, we, we have a minute 30 left on the clock. Um, <sighs> But yeah, a really dumpy movie season. Yeah, it's uh, it's left a lot to our imagination. And all I can say is that I'm ready for some scary movies. Get us to October because I'm ready, especially for some good slashers. I've been weirdly itching to rewatch the new Scream. And it would be the third time this year. But I'm like, I want to watch that again for some reason. Huh. And I think it's from watching The Boys and having some Jack Quaid. Uh, He's just I, so good. There's, I just watching the boys, finishing the boys. All I can say is, I cannot wait for season four. And that, to me, was the winner. If it was a boxing ring, the winner between the boys and Thor, the boys won. It won that battle, it won that fight. Well, film fans and pop culture th- fans, thanks for listening to us. 
All I can say is, until next time, keep watching.